you're creating this, this, you're creating a friendship with what's going on with you internally. You really start to move into your own personal leadership. It's like, I'm the mother of my life. I made the misstep. I have the, the love, the vision to look at it kindly. Like I'm doing this. I'll use that term again. I'm looking at my day on behalf of becoming a more loving, powerful person. I'm Amy Porterfield, ex-corporate girl turned CEO of a multi-seven-figure business. But it wasn't all that long ago that I lacked the confidence, the budget, and the time to focus on growing my small but mighty business. Fast forward past many failed attempts and lessons learned, and you'll see the business I have today, one that changes lives and gives me more freedom than I ever thought possible, one that used to only exist as a daydream. I created the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to create a business that makes an impact and a life you love, you're in the right place, friend. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Online Marketing Made Easy. Today, I have a very special guest, someone I have known for years and years, but I have never had the privilege of having her on my show. Her name is Danielle Laporte, and she's here to talk about how you can use the intelligence of love, your heart, to elevate not only just your life, but also your business. This is a different conversation than we've ever had on the podcast, and I think it's an important one. As you're about to hear from Danielle, The heart is one of the greatest and most often neglected forms of intelligence. I find this fascinating because as business owners, there's such a focus on the mind, learning more, reading more, thinking quicker, thinking smarter. Whenever you're faced with a tough decision or a difficult decision, what do you do? You research, you look at the data, you think from your head. And yes, all of that is important. I mean, This is coming from a metrics loving kind of girl, but do you also tap into what your heart is telling you? This is definitely something I've been working on in the last few years as an entrepreneur. I'm definitely not an expert on it, which is why I had to bring on Danielle. So maybe you already do this. Maybe you don't, but I think it's fair to say that we collectively as entrepreneurs don't pay attention to the heart like we do the mind. For so long, listening to your heart as an entrepreneur was frowned upon. Some of you are even rolling your eyes right now. Stay with me here. It sometimes means you're too emotional when you lead from your heart. Well, Danielle is going to break through that outdated mindset. And that's why I wanted to have Danielle on the show today. She's someone who needs little introduction, but if you aren't familiar with her work, she's one of the most critically acclaimed spiritual thought leaders of our time. Heck, Oprah is even a big fan of hers, saying that she's uniquely connecting the world together with the spiritual energy that matters. Her podcast, With Love, Danielle, ranks in iTunes top 10 for wellness and her website, top 10 for wellness. Do you know how hard that category is? And her website is one of the top 100 websites for women by Forbes, visited by millions each month. I really love this conversation with Danielle because it opened my eyes to a lot of things that aren't often talked about in the business world. 
things like creating a heart-centered business, how to overcome the feelings of not being enough, and new ways to face those challenging moments or challenging days or challenging years. I've had them all and so much more. So I'm going to bring on Danielle, but I got to tell you, for those of you who love Hobie, my husband, as much as I do, he's a really good judge of character. And years and years ago, I went to Canada for a special wedding um, for my friend Shayla and Danielle was there and Hobie and Danielle had just a brief exchange, but he's always told me how much he liked her. And she's just a really, really unique, great person. So if Hobie loves her, I think we all should love her. So without further ado, here's the one and only Danielle Laporte. My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. Hey there, Danielle. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello, friend. So nice to see you. You too. It's been way too long. We were reminiscing off uh, camera and audio about the last time we saw each other, which was way too long ago. But I was so looking forward to this because you have always been someone I've admired. I love your work and I'm excited to finally have you on the show. So before we get started, because some of my audience, you'll be new to them. So when people say like, tell me about yourself, like (laughs) that's such a big question I know, but what do you usually tell people? It depends like if we're in an elevator or (laughs) at an event. Uh, Let's say we're at an event. We're we're at an event. This is the event line. Uh, I talk about the intelligence of love. I am known for the desire map, which turned into a facilitator coaching program, 400 coaches, 30 countries, a day planner system. That was the core question was, how do you want to feel? And I've evolved into a new question, which is, what do you want to embody? And that's become the new thing, which is how to be loving. And I love the business of entrepreneurship on behalf of raising consciousness. Yeah. Mm, That's interesting. On behalf of raising consciousness. I've never heard someone say it like that. And it makes perfect sense, especially because I know your work. So I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Here's where I want to start. You start off by sharing a bit about what it means to live a heart-centered life. Because my listeners, I want, I want to start there because I, I identify that with a lot of your work. And what does that mean to you? It's the difference between being reactive and unconscious and saying to yourself after a meeting, like, I can't believe I said that. And being more responsive, which is like, you have the mental clarity, really the heart clarity to just take a pause see what part of you is triggered, see what part of you is actually accessing some higher wisdom. So 
A heart-centered life is a responsive life, a reflective life. So there's practices that come behind being able to be more responsive rather than ridiculous reactive and paying the price for it. Absolutely. Now, tell me again that new question that you've been asking. Say that again. What do I want to embody? Okay. W- w- give me more of that. What does that yeah. mean? What? Where did that come from? Okay. So let's talk about embodiment first. Embodiment right. is consistency. Embodiment is really like this expression of integrity. So like, I want to be a particular way. I want to carry a certain kind of energy, what I would call virtue. I really, I really want to take the whole concept of virtue back from dogma and religion. So like, I want to be loving. I want to be compassionate. Um, I want to be resilient in how I text and how I show up on stage in my business policies and what I eat and my friendships, consistency, embodiment. It's me. I'm bringing that energy down. I'm putting it out and everything. The revelation, like the journey from how do I want to feel to what do I want to embody was the the moment, the kind of vignette story is, I was in a rough patch. All my friends kind of were on a high alert and a friend called me and we hadn't talked for a couple of years. And just naturally the conversation went to her first. She was also having a hard time. And I just did what friends do, witness, listen, you know, only give advice when asked. And I got off the phone and thought, even though I'm in this really dark place myself, I felt on purpose. I felt loving. I felt loved. I felt connected to something higher than myself. And I thought, me being in a good mood is not predicated on having a meaningful life or day or interaction. Like maybe enlightenment is not about being happy all the time. Mm. It's about purposefulness. And then I went deeper with that. So it's like, if I'm not going to orient my life to how I want to feel all the day, all day long, it's like, it's not about feeling free. It's not about feeling inspiredness. It's just not about feelings anymore. It's about values and it's about virtue. And that's been more challenging, more fulfilling. I sleep better at night. Business is better. That's for sure. Okay. So if it's not about feeling and it's about this virtue, then what do you do with all those feelings? And and how do you navigate that? Especially because most people that are listening are running businesses. So I love that you added that at the end. Your business is even thriving now. What does that look like? You feel the feelings. You honor the feelings. You don't over-identify as a feeling. So like the, the Buddhist definition of suffering is that all suffering comes from the mind. And the refinement there is that all suffering comes from misidentification. So we identify as the failure. I failed, therefore I am a failure. We identify as the anger that throws us off center. I am an angry person in that moment. None of that is true. That's like you being at the, the whim I mean, we, we, we get the, I mean, so often this is like put in a derogatory sense, like you're at the whim of your emotions. Yeah. We don't want to be that. We want to be in equanimity. We want to actually be heart centered. So it's like somebody in my membership just asked me, how do I be loving when I don't want to be loving? And that's actually the most brilliant genius question. 
And I have the genius answer for you. Oh, give it to me. Which is you choose. You choose your free will and your spiritual maturity and your elegance and your grown upness and your like your true loving nature. And you change your tone and you say the loving thing and you create the the policy that's based on kindness and inclusiveness. You do the right thing. Everybody knows how to do the right thing. It's just we get pulled off with hyper productivity and you know all the things of the culture. Yeah. And I think I think people know that the intelligence of love first of all is an intelligence. We know that it's the game changer. We know that it's the game changer. We're just not used to playing the game that way. It's like we're we're so eclipsed with policy and being conservative and separating business from heart. Yes, it's so true. I keep coming back to that word consistency that you brought up. I wasn't expecting that word. When you were talking about virtue, you were saying consistency. Talk to me a little bit more about that word and how that's fitting in with being heart-centered. I just wrote about this recently. You have to love yourself enough to be consistent. We often think about consistency in terms of our professional performance. It's like, you're going to show up in integrity. You're going to be on time. We're all getting up at five in the morning to do our thing. We know like the power of that kind of ritual. I want to take it even deeper, which is about being your true self. And by true self, I mean like you're identifying as the healer, not the wound. You're identifying as the solution, not the problem. You're identifying as like you're beyond the question of whether you're worthy or unworthy of your dreams. You're just identifying as like you are radiant Mm. and you bring that to everything. And the challenge is we don't bring it to everything. We fall off track all day long, but that's the idea. That's the idea. And even in my own, you know, I have all my own, my business practices and, and how we do reviews and how we show up in meetings and all of that. But I found this sort of other layer to consistency for me in my own spiritual practice has been like, I get the value of showing up every day for stillness and contemplation. I get it. I get, I know what it does for me, but I've started to consider like, what does it do for the unseen forces that I'm calling on? It's like, we're calling on our hearts. We're calling on God. We're calling on our, on our guides. However people look at it, we're, we know we want to tap into the universal mind. Like I'm in a relationship with that creative energy. And so when I show up every day, whether it's like 6am or 7am to do my daily visioning or journal, or, you know, for me, it's meditating. I'm telling the divine that I'm in the dance, that the divine can rely on me. Like we are, we're driven. We get, I want to know what's around the corner. I want the crystal ball. I want to get the right answer. We want the right answer. We want to do the loving thing. But for me, I started to notice that, and I can see this in our entrepreneurial culture. It's kind of this taking. I'm going to sit so you can give me the answer. Ooh, yeah. Super. Great. Turn to a source higher than an Instagram influencer for your guidance. That's a really good idea. Like, you know, like go to the top, but you have something to offer. 
you have something to offer. You're in a relationship. You're in a relationship with the divine. It's such an interesting way because I know a lot of people listening, they're not looking at their businesses this way. And I think it's so incredibly valuable. It's like the next level for sure. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I want to talk about Shopify. Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. One of the questions I know that will come up for those that are listening is, what are some simple ways that they can tap more into this, like into their more of their heart mind, into more of that consistency that you're talking about, that virtue, especially when they're faced with lots of challenges. Lots of my students are struggling. They're struggling to figure mm-hmm. this out. They're struggling to make it work. They feel as though they're not good enough. So it was interesting that you said like, it's not a, no longer a question if I'm good enough or not. No, you just are. They're mm-hmm. not even there though. And, and sometimes I struggle with that. So how do you even get there? First, there's a concept and then there's the practices. So the concept is you have to consider that receptivity is the power move. So the outmoded power move is the striving and the seeking and the pushing. And it's like, you want something, you're going to strategize. There's a problem. You're going to, you're going to think your way through it. Yes. 
Yes to strategy. Yes to quarterly objectives. Yes, you want to execute on all of that. But we've got it backwards. First, you have to get aligned with what your higher intelligence, your soul wants to tell you to do. You create far fewer messes if you are silent and still first. First. So I call it the stillness sandwich. So at the beginning of the day or the beginning of the relationship, before you sign the contract, before you do your objectives, you sit down and you get still. This really hits when you, I talk to women, corporate women about this. I say, so imagine everybody can, everybody listening, you just imagine this. You're lying on a beach. It's safe. It's warm. It's beautiful. You earned the vacation, whatever. What's your job on the beach? Nothing. Just want you to consider the energy of basking. The basking is like so incongruent with like strategy, right? Yes. Your only quote job is to receive. Your higher guidance, the intelligence of your heart is waiting for you to get into bask mode so that it can tell you what the next right move is. It can tell you whether to sign or not. It can tell you what the next product should be and the sequencing, right? So you got to be still and then go. So what I do is I have my stillness in the morning. I do my tap in. I will actually say a prayer. I mean, my language is, I, you know, I'll say source or infinity or God. I will say, you know, Holy Spirit, please fill my mind with the thoughts of God. I want the higher thoughts. And then I'm, I'm done for the day. Like, I just assume that because I've tapped in, I've had that stillness in the morning, that when I pick up the phone, not that I ever get on the phone anymore, like when I press send, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing something that's like wise based on loving kindness. So I don't question myself throughout the day because I tapped in in the morning. And then the other part of the stillness sandwich, the receptivity power move, is you got to tune in at the end of the day. This is why, you know, most of us who've done yoga, the last position in yoga, Shavasana, you just lie there called corpse pose. People think it's about, you know, you get to chill now, you get to chill. But it's actually about integrating the lessons, the learning, the benefit of all your movement in the yoga class. And I think because we're so hyper-focused on producing, we actually don't reflect on what we learned, where we misstepped during the day. So I have a practice where I do this when my head hits the pillow. Um, cause usually I'm on my phone and doing all the things I shouldn't do right before bed and messing with my circadian rhythm. <laughs> so true. I'm guilty. I go in reverse. I look at my day from like the last hour, you know, nine o'clock, eight o'clock, 7 p.m. Cause it's easier for the mind to remember in that kind of sequencing. And I look at where I was in integrity and where I wasn't. And it's a little bit stingy sometimes, like, oh, I could have done so much better in that conversation. Then I celebrate and I give thanks. The day is done. So I feel that when I do that, I'm not going to have to repeat the lesson that I got on Monday, on Tuesday, because I integrated it. I moved on. I get something fresh on Tuesday. That's powerful. You're, before your head hits that pillow, you're asking yourself, where was I in integrity today and out of integrity? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think for someone to be able to do that in a healthy way that actually enriches their lives, 
they have to be really kind when they point out the areas they weren't in integrity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's something I struggle with. I'm really hard on myself. And then I can't stop thinking about, oh, why did I do that? Why did I say that? And I know I'm not alone. I'm very similar to a lot of my listeners. What, what mm-hmm. advice would you have for someone that they want to look at the areas that they can improve, but when they do, they're really hard on themselves that they screwed up? You have to talk to yourself like you're a five-year-old. And it's counterintuitive because we want to lead and we want to create and, you know, um, talk to yourself like a friend, watch your tone. And the more you do this, I mean, this is really the essence of how to be loving, right? The more you hold all of your missteps with compassion, it's like you're creating this, this, you're creating a friendship with what's going on with you internally you really start to move into your own personal leadership. It's like, I'm the mother of my life. I made the misstep. I have the the love, the vision to look at it kindly. Like I'm doing this. I'll use that term again. I'm looking at my day on behalf of becoming a more loving, powerful person. So I need to do this in a loving way. And it's a muscle. Compassion is a muscle. Like, you know, say, I can't believe I said that in that meeting. I can't believe I wrote that copy. Can't believe I put that tweet out. Oh my God, I'm not where I wanted to be. All those things. And you're going to say to yourself, this is actually the most spiritual thing I say to myself these days. But notice the energy in my tone when I say this. I will say, I'm doing the best that I can. I'm doing the best that I can. Instead of, I'm, I'm not pushing against some outside authority or Instagram. It's not like I'm doing the best that I can. It's like, I'm actually doing my best. It's amazing. Every day with all of my comparison stuff and my, you know, apocalyptic thinking and what I could have done better. And, you know, like I want to redo everything I've ever done every day. It's the nature of like being a creative with a capital C. I cannot believe I launched that. (laughs) I want those videos scrubbed. I want them down, right? Um, But the, wow, I'm actually doing my best every day. It's powerful. It's leadership to do that. It sounds soft and counterintuitive because it is counterintuitive. That idea of mothering yourself, leading yourself mm-hmm. is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And, okay. So uh, this is a question I prepared for you because you recently wrote a book. It's called How to Be Loving as, as Your Heart is Breaking Open and the World is Waking Up. Mm-hmm. And you talk about how we can actually choose higher quality thoughts to attract what we want. And I was all ears for this one. I'm like, bring mm-hmm. it on. So- mm-hmm. Are there any simple exercises or mantras or anything you can share with our listeners where they can create higher quality thoughts, especially on those tough days that they want to redo everything that they've done that day? Yeah. Okay. So a higher quality thought is the opposite of all your critical looping that you have going. You're going to loop all day long. It's human nature. And if you haven't trained your mind really anchored in the heart. It's just the way it goes. So no criticism for where you're at. It's like, wow, you just observe it. It's like a cloud going by. I'm looping. Doesn't make you mean you're a loser, any of that. And then you have to consistently choose the next best kinder thought. 
the loving thought, the higher frequency thought. And I think there are some characteristics to higher quality thoughts. One, you have to believe it. Ooh, that's so you can't hard. give right it's there. hard. You can't give yourself any BS new age affirmations. So if you don't believe, but let's just go super basic. A higher quality thought might be, I've got this. But maybe you're in the loop and you really don't think you've got this. And history yeah. proves that you didn't have it then. You're gonna have it now, right? Yes. Then the next highest vibe thought is gonna be, I had it before. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Lots of people got it. Lots of people get through this. Okay. And then maybe the next day you might have the thought, I can do this. So it's like, right? And you have to keep in mind that energetically, like attracts like. Just like misery loves company, one miserable thought will stir up all of these other miserable self-critical thoughts from your psyche. And it'll create this cluster. That cluster of thinking is magnetic. You know, bring more of that experience into your reality, into your team. One loving, positive, quality, inclusive thought will attract more of the same. You stand up a little more. Another thought comes into positive. Another solution comes in. Again, the tone you speak to yourself and you speak to your team, your people starts to shift. And then the other characteristic of a quality thought, I think this is really key, is it's not rebellious. So a quality thought has to come from love. It doesn't come from the ego. So it's not a striving thought. It's not a I'll show you thought. It's not you saying to the world or everybody else on social media or your boss, like, I do too got this. Yeah. It's really bad grammar. But <laughs> it's not, there's no push. It's this really quiet kind of declaration where you are, it's like your soul is coaching you. There's no proving to it. And then you know you're onto it. And you you keep you you stay on with that thought, build on that thought. I love that you said that you have to believe it because I've worked a lot on changing my thoughts. And what doesn't work for me is going from like, I can't do this. This is not working to I've got this. It's all going to be good. It's all, it's all wonderful. And I'm like, ah, no, that's BS. I do not feel that way. So I love that you said we can kind of step into it thought by thought day by day. That I feel like is powerful. That's doable. Yeah. The BS, I mean, that BS way that affirmation way is really this hangover from new age culture where, you know, men, all this manifestation technology, but you stand in the mirror and you say, I love being a millionaire and you, you ain't got nothing in the bank at that time. Like your psyche knows you're lying. So say the truthful thing. You can believe in that moment. I love abundance. I'm so what's true. You may not have it. I'm so looking forward to prosperity. You believe that your your brain, the neurotransmitters. I mean, this is all. There's lots of research around this. You got to believe it. You got to believe it. That that to me, I'm, I don't know if I've ever heard someone say that in terms of changing mm-hmm. your thoughts. And I respect it, and I I can relate to that 100. Mm-hmm. percent It feels mm-hmm. more real to me. Mm-hmm. So tell me this: Why did you write this book? You said this is your fifth book. So how to be loving is your fifth book. Why did you feel that this book needed to be written? Especially because it's a little bit different from the other questions you were asking in your other uh, work. 
Yeah. And you know, I love a system, right? I'm a very, uh, I love formulas. I love methodologies. Amen. And this is not a system. It's way more abstract, but I think that's where we're going like more towards the heart and, and have the logic support the loving choice, you know, strategy, start with love. Well, in a practical term, I don't ever write a book fresh. Nothing is ever from scratch. So everything that's in how to be loving and, you know, there's a deck, there's a journal, there's a course coming is it's what I've been talking about and living for the last five years. Yeah. So my blog, every Instagram post, every webinar, it's was time for it to just be, you know, have a bow on it. It was really hard to write this book while the world was, you know, falling apart and it made it feel more necessary. So really how to be loving is the answer to division and polarity and not just quote out there, but to seeing our own inner polarity that we have all these little fragments of like, here's the dream and the ambition. And here's the script of unworthiness. And then all these judgments we have about other people. It's like, you know, in our entrepreneur wellness space, she's got this and she's doing it that way. And I want this, you know, you know, the comparison that goes on in our little kind of microculture and this is tyrannical. And this is all these things you have to see what you're pushing against, what you're criticizing other people for exists in you. This is the basic stuff that will change how you walk through the world. It'll change the products that you make. It will have you be, I mean, my experiences, and this is, you know, a nod to what I'd said at the top of the hour about business improving, is the less polarizing that I am, the more magnetic I am, right? So I'm not as brazen as I used to be. That's a good thing. I have very strong opinions, but my opinions leave lots of room for everybody. And I don't give advice unless it's solicited anymore. And that's interesting you say that because a lot of people will say like, you have to be polarizing in order to get noticed in a noisy world online. And you have to put a stake in the ground and, and just like beat down your message. But you're saying that's not how you operate anymore. No, everybody is invited into my world as is. Anybody can be a member. Anybody can become a heart-centered facilitator. You know, I used to have, I was executive director at a future studies think tank in Washington, DC. I showed up with this chip on my shoulder about war and peace and, you know, Democrats and Republicans and Canadians and Americans. It was ridiculous. And, And I could see all these parts of my you know, what was becoming this brand of how I walk through the world. And I learned a lot there that, you know, there were colonels and admirals who were part of the military because they actually want to keep peace in the world. I met sergeants who were vegetarians, you know, it was all as part of that. And then I could see my own judgments get carried on when I started running my own business. I was like, well, she's too evangelical. No more of that anymore. It's like, if you are for love, I, everybody needs to pick a side. Pick the side that includes everybody. I want to hear all of the opinions. 
the strength is there. The strength is there. And I can see a lot in the, our wellness space of, I just saw somebody I really respect the other day saying, you know, so much of what's gone on in the last three years is unforgivable. And I just thought, you've missed the point. Yes, there's been a lot of wrongdoing. There's been a lot of harm. It's all moving us towards a heart-centered life. Amen to that. I love that you can bring so much love and grounding into entrepreneurship. I know that's not your whole platform of helping people build businesses, but it is mine. And so to have a conversation like this is so different on my podcast, but I felt like it was so very needed. And Mm -hmm. so first, of course, I think everybody should pick up how to be loving, but tell me this, Danielle, what are you most excited about right now? As we wrap up, like, what are you most looking forward to? I'm looking forward to just continuing to create. I'm looking forward to getting back on stage and really rooting into what it means to be a heart-centered business. Like there's this, there's some things we do that don't look logical and they're not traditional from the outside. It's about, you know, I just saying to my team yesterday, I really want to double down on my commitment to transparency in the company this year, like immediate heart-centered conversations. Are you thinking about staying? You thinking about going? Like, let's just get really real about this so that we can move forward together. Most things on my site are on a pay what you choose model. We're transparent about if you pay this price, this is what you help out with. If you pay this price, we break even. If you pay this price, we can give some more money to charity. I want to do more of that. And I feel more collaborative than I used to feel. And I think that's part of, you know, this the shift in global consciousness. It's like, it's not about the likes. It's not about expanding my platform. I'm really more interested in uplifting other people than ever before and other perspectives that make my own contribution stronger. I love yeah. that. Absolutely love that. Tell everybody where they can find out more about you. Well, the place is daniellelaporte.com. Instagram's cool, but if you want to have a real relationship, the website is it. And there's a whole community there of what we call heart-centered leaders and coaches. And we are talking to huge accounting firms and working in yoga studios. There's lots going on. Lots going on. So I'll link to it in the show notes as well. Danielle, thank you so much for this conversation. It's unique and different than we've ever had on the show before. And there's no one better than for you to have this conversation. So thank you so very much. Thank you, love. Thank you, everybody. So there you have it. I got so much out of this conversation. And I really, not only how we can tap into our most underutilized asset, our heart, to navigate entrepreneurship, but also how we can change our thoughts to attract what we want in life and in business. And you know, I'm all about really paying attention to your thoughts and choosing ones that serve you. So I really love this conversation. But I think my biggest takeaway personally was that I look at myself as sometimes being too emotional, being too sensitive, wearing my heart on my sleeve. If you know me personally, you know, I'm really bad at hiding things. So like when I'm upset or challenged or hurt, I just wear it on my sleeve. I always have since I've been really young. 
And I've looked at that as a weakness, especially in a man's world. That's not really typical. So when I first came on the scene of online business, I, I really had to hide that or I was called out for being too sensitive or too emotional or whatever. But I, I really do feel like what Danielle is teaching here, especially if you get her book, which I highly recommend you do, How to Be Loving, I really do think it gives you permission to navigate in that emotional space and how it actually is beneficial to your success. So maybe, maybe, maybe some of my success is because I'm sensitive, because I'm emotional, because I'm a feeler. I don't know. Just something to think about. So I've said this a lot before, and I'll say it again, your mindset in business, how you choose to react to situations, navigate hurdles is absolutely everything. And now using the tool that Danielle has shared in this episode and in her book, I think it will better equip you to tap into our heart mind as well. So if you feel like any of Danielle's incredible resources have helped you head on over to my show notes, amyporterfield.com forward slash 530. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 530. You can find a link to her website, her podcast, her social media, and of course, her brand new book. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Online Marketing Made Easy. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.